Hi, welcome back to Conversations with a Wounded Healer. I'm your host, Sarah Buino, and today we are going to be releasing part two of my interview with Natalie Lasseur. Before we get to that, though, I just want to thank you for sticking with me for 2020. Not only did you stick with me, but my numbers have increased. So y'all are still listening, even though you're not driving anywhere. Well, some of you might be, but (laughs) most of us are sticking around at home. And uh, hopefully you've been enjoying this while you're cooking or cleaning or playing with your dog or your kids. And I just really appreciate you being part of this Wounded Healer community And if you'd like to continue supporting us in other ways, you can do so in a multitude of ways. Most importantly, you can rate and review us on Apple Podcast. That actually really helps a lot. I'm gunning for some, continuing to gun for some big guests in 2021. And so it really helps to have good reviews and to show that people are out there listening to us. So you can do that. You can also share episodes with your friends if you think that they would really dig it and want to be a part of the community. You can contribute to us on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. And of course, you can follow us on social media. So without further ado, if you are listening to the podcast backwards and you're hearing this episode first, stop right now. Stop the recording, go back to last week's episode, which was part one of Natalie's story, because this will be really the continuation of that and really digging into the the healer and wounded healer talk. And let me actually share with you the bio that Natalie has on the website of the Light Collective. So Natalie is intuitive and lives from the heart. She holds space for others with lightness and generosity like no other. And I can attest that that's true. She has a qualification and deep interest in complex trauma and the effects that yoga, pranayama, and meditation have on self-healing. Her dedication to the self-inquiry has led her to an intention of bringing profound connection and love back into the lives of people who are affected by trauma. A business owner and entrepreneur in her own right, she brings a wealth of knowledge and guidance to the team. She's a mother of two girls and her divine mother energy spreads lovingly to everyone she meets. Her spectacular home, Flower Garden, is the basis for the stunning shrines she creates that transforms every light collective space held. So please enjoy part two of my interview with the lovely Natalie Lasseur. Welcome back, Natalie. Hey, nice to be back. (laughs) Thank you for inviting me back. Yeah, we've never had a two-parter before, and your story was so moving and meaningful and impactful and there's just so much more that we had to talk about and I figured it was a it was a good idea to do part one part two so thanks for being willing to do it yeah well I feel quite honored that I get to do this part two nice Well, if you are a person who's just found the podcast and you're listening backwards, don't do that with this episode. So make sure that you go to last week's episode where Natalie tells a lot of the details about her story. And if you have listened to last week and you're like, oh, shit, I can't remember what she said last. She was talking about the case against the priest who had abused her. And so I I just wanted to give you space to finish if there was any more of that story that needs to be told. Yeah, well... I think during that time when the case was proceeding, I was really not in a great place in my head. And I think what happens to me is that I tend to seek quite a bit of safety 
in those times. And so I get really quiet. So I was at home a lot. And it was also around the time that the Me Too was coming out and Mm. people were kind of talking about their stories. And, you know, there was like this collective female kind of groups that were coming together on social media. And I actually didn't experience that much. I felt very alone and I found it very hard to talk to people about my story because I certainly didn't want to be judged and I was very concerned about how people would respond to what I was talking about. So I really became very internal and I just started doing a little bit of yoga on, you know, my iPad and I was just searching for classes and I came across Sadie Nardini, who is this powerhouse of a yogi, but she's very feminine in her approach. So I started doing a little bit of this embodiment work while I was going through everything. Mm. And I really felt supported by it. You know, I really felt supported in my body. And it was quite strange for me. I mean, I've always been physical, but it's always been, you know, getting fit or kind of challenging myself, all very in the masculine. But I was very vulnerable and I just started to feel very, as I said, internal and So when I was going into meetings and really having to deal with what was happening externally, I kind of felt this support of myself, from myself. And that's kind of how I really started to move into this work. And I was doing a little bit of yoga at a local studio and I kind of felt quite empowered moving into all of the proceedings. And that's kind of what got me through that situation, I suppose. Wow. Yeah. And as you're talking, one of the things that the founder of NARM, Lawrence Heller, talks about that we instinctively want to move towards healing. And mm. I love just the the organic nature of you going inside and I don't know if this was conscious or just happened like without you really being aware of it, but asking yourself, what do you need? And Mm. yourself said, I need to be in this body. I need to move this body. And wow, what a fucking gift. You're just this really really intuitive self-healing magician. I love it. I really felt that because the opposite to that, I mean, I was really in quite a dark place. And, you know, you you talk about the dark night of the soul. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was definitely happening for me. And it had happened several times in my life. But I really started to transition being in my body. And I probably because I had been disassociated, and that's generally what my thing was to get out. I really wanted to and was ready to move in my body And I practiced every day. And when I met Cyan, that's what she's about. She's all about a sadhana, having a practice every day. And it's whatever you want it to be, right? So whatever you need. And so, yeah, that's kind of what happened for Mm. me. And I was going to her classes and then I was just hooked. Thank you. And again, I I said it in the last episode, but I just, I want to thank you again for 
bringing your story here. And I was listening back to the recording of the first one thinking like, I'm just, I'm honored. <laughs> I'm honored <laughs> that this was your telling of your story. And I'm, I'm sure that listeners are going to feel very blessed by that too. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty big story. And ultimately, mm -hmm. I think for anybody who is struggling, just find that tiny bit of spark, that little bit of hope and hold on to it. You know, I always talk about my kids, like there's this fine piece of string that binds us mm -hmm. and I can just never let go of that piece of string. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that about myself. That's what I was just you know? going to say. That's incredible. Yeah. And in fact, I did this meditation where, because we do a lot of breath work in the, at the Light Collective, and one of them is, so you breathe in, you retain the breath, you breathe out, you retain the breath, and then you start to move into the retentions and you feel into those retentions. Mm. And then you, you feel into the retention on the in-breath and then you feel into the retention on the out-breath. So sit in that space, that void in the out breath. Mm. And then there is this tiny spark or desire to take a breath. And that tiny spark, that desire to take a breath, to be here, to be present, to be on this planet. I mean, I think for most of my life, I didn't want to be here. I didn't have a place. I didn't feel safe. And when I realized that in that moment that I wanted to take a breath, I wanted to be here. I mean, it was just fucking insane. Mm -hmm. Like just insane. <laughs> it was just like such a moment. So I'm like, I want to be here. I want to be in my body. I want to be present. I want to be doing everything. I want to be in all of the mess. I mean, nothing changes when mm -hmm. you kind of step into this space, but I feel like my mind and my body really started to match my life because I was having this internal struggle. I was like, I got to sort this out. I got to sort this out. And now I'm in it. Yeah. Well, the, the other thing that I'm just so interested by from a chakra perspective. So the question of, do I have a right to be here is a first chakra deficiency, right? And you telling the story about fearing that you were like your mother and having some sort of delusional or psychotic break that's all like overactive upper chakra. It's an overactive third eye. And I, I'm just hearing the lightness, the floatiness of being like heavy on top with the chakras. And what you did was root. You rooted down, yes. like literally yes. rooted down to embody yourself and that integration creates more wholeness. That's just, it's so fucking amazing. If you don't know anything about the chakra system, Anadea Judith's book, I think it's East, it's either Eastern Body, Western Mind or Eastern Mind, Western Body. I can't, I always say it wrong, but Anadea mm. Judith, check out that book because it really, it helps put together like the, the physical and the mental health stuff that goes along with the chakra system. And every fucking time it makes sense. It always makes sense. Yes. And it's, um, it's feminine work and it's incredibly subtle and I highly recommend we actually do a beautiful online chakra course and it's all about embodying those internal energy centers and they're so profound 
and I work a lot with them and their states of consciousness Mm -hmm. and you can move into them and you can use them throughout your life. I love working in that way. And once you start to feel into them, there's this kind of integration that happens. I think when you take the time to meditate and be embodied with acceptance and love, because you need that Mm -hmm. for yourself, you slowly find that you don't need to work from those kind of mind loops and that constant conditioning. And you, you really do start to step out of that way of living Mm -hmm. and into this more sacred way of being. I mean, I'm very anti-institutions. I talked about I don't really like labels or just get me out of all of that, please. (laughs) I'm a human being and feel like I can finally do the work that I'm here to do, I suppose and teach others to kind of move into that way of being in their lives. You can tap into bigger energies like music, Mm -hmm. singing. You can tap into nature. You can tap into movement. Yeah, whatever it is. Whatever that spark was that kind of got you going as a kid, I reckon, is really Mm -hmm. something Mm -hmm. you, another fine piece of string you don't want to let go of. Yeah. Well, that's a really good segue into you telling us more about what your work looks like, you know, on the day-to-day basis and and what you're doing to help people. Well, interestingly, I have always had a deep conditioning around not being seen. Mm. (laughs) I I wonder why. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I really have. And interestingly, this kind of time of COVID and obviously we've been in isolation here for seven months. It's allowed me to step into teaching and holding space for others online. And because I'm not in the energy of other people, it's actually been a gift for me. I've been able Mm. to step into teaching and holding space for others. And so I work alongside Cyan and with the other teachers within the Light Collective And what we really are about is offering yoga, breathwork and meditation to feel into embodied states of stillness and consciously connecting to your deeper self and the world around you. So we really want people to cultivate that within themselves in a feminine way because, you know, yoga really first arrived for a man Mm -hmm. And the yogic texts all in the masculine almost, Mm. but we're doing a lot of work in those feminine areas, quite a bit of tantric work. And I started to do a bit of study with Zabi Yamasaki and she is American. It's called Transcending Sexual Trauma with Yoga. And it took me about a year to complete that study. and. It really helped me understand what was happening to me because that's what was happening to me. So I am really kind of moving in that way, kind of being trauma-informed and doing more trauma work on our membership space because we, over COVID, we decided, well, we were doing an online membership space, which was going to take the year and we put it together in three months. So Mm. we've been a little busy. (laughs) So we're offering all of these beautiful 
teachings and trainings. We do a lot of teacher training. So we teach teachers and we teach light workers and facilitators, social workers, all sorts of people that are really wanting to move into those kind of more feminine, energetic practices and use that in their work because there's not a lot of that work available here, which is really, really beautiful. Can you explain a little bit more about the difference between masculine and and feminine? I don't know if it's principles or or what in yoga, because when I think of it, I think of yin yoga being more restorative, that being the more feminine because you're essentially receiving versus the masculine yang yoga, which is what most people would probably think of, which is like hatha yoga or whatever, like doing the poses. Yeah, physical practice, asana. Yeah. Based practices. So is that the distinction or is there more? Well, we move more into mantra, breath work, gotcha, meditation. Gotcha, gotcha. So the other limbs of yoga. Yeah. Got and it. the chakras and more from an embodied kind of perspective, mm-hmm. I suppose. Got it. So I think we really see that our existence is our greatest gift. And we want people to embrace the highs, the lows, and all the in-between. And it's just a more feminine way of teaching. Yeah. And and as you were just talking, I was feeling how truly inviting you are in the way that you explain this. And that is feminine, right? That's very receptive instead of being like, yes. this is how it is. This is what you do. That energy moves forward. The energy that you're creating is drawing people in. And that's so yes. beautiful. Yeah. Well, I mean, apparently I have that effect. <laughs> I love it. People come to me all the time and yeah, I just feel very privileged to be able to just support people in any way they need it and kind of privately, I suppose. I mean, I've been told many times that I should study, I should be professional, I should have a business card, Mm. but it's just not how I roll. Yeah. That's (laughs) very Western capitalism type way to look at it. Yeah. I mean, I think that people are more and more open to it. And as I said to you in the first series. I have been in psych hospitals and around psychologists and psychotherapists and all different types of AA. I've seen it all and I really respect all of that work, but I I just feel that sometimes people just need an ear or just a kind of safe place to be. It's so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people don't seek help because, you know, they don't have a lot of faith in what's out there, right? Yeah. I mean, I look at you and you're just so open and you're always looking for what works and it's just incredible and it's such an important aspect of this work is to always remain open to you know the latest or the better way of doing things not being so set in your ways right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. well I think I've talked about this probably ad nauseum on the podcast but being a therapist therapy in and of itself is a science and an art and Mm -hmm. in order to 
be in the artistry of it. You sometimes have to forget the science part of it. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's really all about the relationship between myself and the client. And I've just been recognizing even more recently how it matters who I am in the room, but we're taught in school to kind of throw that out. And I think even more so during COVID, therapists are not having it anymore. We don't want to just be a blank slate. And it's not its not because we want to have the therapy be about us, but it is about us, whether we say that or not. So mm. why don't we talk openly about that? It's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that moving forward, people are kind of looking for alternate ways of moving or healing, mm-hmm. finding themselves, mm-hmm. unfolding into their essence, whatever you want to call it. I mean, I look at my mum, my adopted mum, who, you know, isn't with me anymore. And, you know, she was very unwell. She was schizophrenic and she was never going to be okay. Like there are people with severe problems out there and so I think it's just so important to be kind and to help everybody yeah Mm. well speaking of helping everybody here it comes are you ready (laughs) no (laughs) no here it is are you a healer (laughs) oh wow am I a healer well I suppose yeah I would love to say yes and really step into that. Mm. So it's a yes for me. <laughs> Wait, what show is that? Is that X Factor that they do that? It's I a don't yes know. for me. Yeah. I've got no idea. <laughs> um, yeah. I think that do you have a pulse? Everybody's a healer in a way, I suppose. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I believe that. Well, I think that's why I love your podcast and love Mm. what you do for that reason and I think you know for me as I said with this kind of conditioning of of not being seen and remaining safe and it's time for me to step into this space more and really own it so it's a very big one for me (laughs) yeah but you know I love it when people say yes I love it because I do think we're all healers and I think that For those of us who have the, I don't want to say privilege because it's not inaccessible to some people, but for those of us who do wake up to that and do come home to that, right? Like Mm. back to Mm. our true essence of being healers. That's what I want to celebrate. Yeah, I'm with you. I think about people that have come into my life, could be anybody, right? And maybe something they said or an action you're like, oh, wow, you get it. Right. Even even the smallest moments, you know, like, I don't know, there's nothing coming to the top of mind right now, but I can think of little small things that had happened in my life. And that person mm. probably, you know, not in my life now, but would have no idea that they had this impact on me. Right. And one of my friends from high school, like a couple years ago, had said something to me about him really seeing who I was back then and like, oh, it's such a gift. And I'm just like sobbing, like, I had no idea that I was that impactful for you. Right, right. And so that is healing, right? Like he doesn't have to be in a healing profession in order to share that with me. 
Mm-hmm. Jaffa, the Afghan boy that lived with me, he got in to do a degree of computer science in the city. We have trams here, so he would catch the tram into the city and he would come home every night and he would tell me a story about somebody on the tram and it was a really big deal for him. And the thing was that, I mean, he literally couldn't leave his house most of his life. So for him to have Mm. the freedom to get on a tram and Mm. to be watching people and seeing what people are doing and it was so profound for me because I was like, oh, wow, you know, like I whinge about getting on a tram going into the city. I'd much rather drive my car. And Mm. here he is having this experience. So it really gave me fresh eyes, right? So Mm -hmm. I just had this, I really need to be enjoying all of these parts of my life, you know, not taking things for granted. So, I mean, I think that, yeah, people are um, definitely having an impact on you, regardless of whether they know it or not, in a healing way. Absolutely. Well, how how about the term wounded healer? How do you feel about that? Well, I think it's something that I definitely relate to more. And I think that when you say that, I almost have like from the moment I was born, it's like my life is fast tracked to right here, right now in my mind. Mm-hmm. And I just have definitely felt that by sharing my story and hopefully allowing other people to meet themselves where they're at and slowly take the steps to make a difference for themselves, yeah, I think that I'm definitely a wounded healer. (laughs) And again, I think, well, not everybody, but yeah, the majority of people. Mm And I think I I feel very privileged to be able to do this work and be here. Mm -hmm. Mm. And I'm so glad that us both doing this work is what connected us. I know, right? Amazing. (laughs) It's amazing. Amazing. I'll never forget. I even remember where I was when I listened to you. And I just really resonated with what you said about your life and where you were moving in your life and what you were doing. And yeah, it's just so amazing. Well, again, that concept of not knowing how you're going to affect someone, right? Like I have literally no idea who's listening to this podcast, right? And so unless people reach out to me, but I have no idea how this is landing. And that's, that is the hope, right? That's the hope that somebody hears it and feels that like there's a literal physical resonance, like like I'm totally, I'm vibing high right now <laughs> on this. And, yes. you know, that's what I want for people. And it's funny, I'm on a bunch of like podcast Facebook groups and I look at people who are posting like, oh, I've got this many downloads and that many downloads. And I find myself looking at my downloads going like, oh, I don't have that many downloads. What am I doing wrong? Is there something I'm doing wrong? And And then I'm like, it's not about quantity. It's about quality. No, like the people totally who is. listen to my show are here because this is what we want. This is all what we want yes. to cultivate. And this isn't mainstream. This isn't capitalistic. It's not like linear, yeah, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. It's yep. very feminine and very circular and very, very, very woo-woo, you know, and that's not for everybody. And Beautiful. so 
I'm so I feel like it is actually for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, but if they wake up, right? If they if they come yeah. if they come home to themselves. <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah. But I'm just I'm so I feel so endlessly blessed by the friends who've come into my life because of this podcast, just like you. Mm. It's just really amazing. Mm. You know, Cyan talks about in terms of teaching, you know, like you might turn up to a studio and you'll have one person who turns up for the class, right? And you're like, oh my God, one person, I've got to do this class for an hour. And you make that class so good that you elevate that person and you give them what they want mm-hmm. and then they go out into the world and they tell a bunch of people yeah, yeah. and then it just continues, right? Mm-hmm. So really, I mean, you think you're affecting one person, but we are all connected. We're not separate. And that's the beauty of it, right? And all of that stepping out of that way of looking at numbers. And again, it's all very masculine and very in the ego and kind of taking over and all that conditioning comes in yes. and, you know. Right, right, <laughs> yeah, right. And I'm trying to, yeah. I'm literally purposefully trying to unwind. I, I'm just thinking too, I had this business partner for a while and everything was so masculine and so linear and so driven by money. And I remember telling him like, I'm trying to do the opposite of that with my life right now. And that's why the mm. partnership didn't work out. And and I need to unwind these things and slow myself down because the driving so fast has been, it's taken a toll physically, emotionally, spiritually. I mean, we have a very large community here and it's growing. And mm-hmm. now that we're online, we can grow even more. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, it's not on purpose that we kind of moved into this feminine work. It just, it's been this kind of organic thing that's occurred. So the majority of our clients are women and we have quite a few men, but they're really very interested in this way of being and they they love it and they want to understand it. And we want more and more men to get on board and get into this way of being. But, you know, this whole kind of approach of being very driven and always needing to move to the next thing and succeed and we're seeing a lot of autoimmune disease and Mm -hmm. a lot of infertility and Mm -hmm. a lot of stress in the body and a lot of depression and a lot of trauma undiagnosed and it's just incredible to be able to hold space for people when they come to this understanding that they're in this very conditioned life and very masculine approach and in the thought loops and when they give themselves space they're like what is this (laughs) why why are we not teaching this in school Mm -hmm. why are we not doing it I think it's terrifying to a lot of people because when you slow down you can really be with yourself and Mm. if you haven't worked on your trauma like you have and I have And even when you have worked on your trauma, sometimes it's too much, right? You know, and it's terrifying. And I want to respect the strategies that people use to keep themselves disconnected from that. And at the same time, I want them to have coming home at the same time. I equally like respect and have a desire for people to feel that light and feel that connection. Mm. I feel like for myself being in some pretty dark times. I think almost getting to that 
choice in your life, whether you want to be here or you don't, is pretty profound. And then from there, you you begin to make choices about how you want to live in this life. And yeah, I understand that a lot of people find it very hard to move into this, but that's why I feel like I can hold that space for people. I really want to do that. I really want to provide that opportunity for people to feel safe and to explore that way of being. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> right? I'm just like, I don't know, man. I'm like high off this conversation. It's really interesting. And I'm just really loving it. Yeah. Well, I feel like it's so needed more and more. Yeah. Well, this feels like a natural kind of winding down space, but I'm curious if mm. if there's anything that we haven't talked about either you know, last time or, or this time that you really want to make sure to share with listeners? Not really. I just think I really invite people to explore embodiment practices and to kind of get into their bodies a little more and finding a bit of space in their heads to take some time out. And I feel like Sometimes those scary feelings are really just intense feelings because they want to be seen and they want to be held and then they begin to dissipate. Because feelings can't kill you. No, they can't. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we're in a world of people that can't feel their feelings. Mm -hmm. Like I can't tell you how many times I get told oh my God, I had this feeling. I'm like, I'm so deep in my feelings. I'm I like know, all right? about the feels. So I really invite people to titrate, just kind of move in and move out and just experience themselves and their feelings and kind of watch what happens from there because you can find a lot of beauty in those spaces. Thank you for that invitation. And I know you said that you've you've moved all of your practice online right now. Is everything that you do live or are there things that like say us Americans who are on a different time zone will be able to share with you? Yes. So we do have live practices, but they come out in an email. So if you join the mailing list, you'll find out about our live classes. But we generally have a lot of people around the world that check in with us. So We generally set the time so it's pretty good for everybody. Mm. We work very hard to do that, but all of our our classes are pre-recorded. So that's the way it's set up. Mm. And so there's an introduction into the way we work Mm. and it's very easy to follow. And we really are wanting people to develop a daily self-practice so you can find meditations, Cyan does possibly the best yoga nidra Mm. you'll ever do. Mm. Can you explain that real quick for anybody who doesn't know what yoga nidra is? It's a meditation. It's a body scan and you fall into the state just before falling asleep. They call it yogic sleep. And you really just sit in a beautiful awareness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like a trance. And it really, yeah, it's like a trance. Mm -hmm. And you have to feel it in order to experience it. 
So I highly recommend everybody just gets on board. I mean, I don't know what the dollar is, the US dollar to the to the Aussie dollar, but who knows? It's 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 <laughs> but it is very affordable Mm -hmm. and we really make it financially affordable for people because we want people to be doing the work so everything's pre-recorded so you can just jump on and choose your favorite practices and we've got some incredible teachers and moving forward I am going to do some more trauma work online and maybe do some workshops so yeah look out for that or you'll be getting an invite anyway yeah. And is that chakra class online? Because I'm going to check that out. Oh, yes. Well, okay. that's a teacher training. So oh, it's a, okay. um, well, it goes over three weeks and you can do it self-paced. Mm. Um, okay. It's very, very intense, mm. but incredible. I mean, if anyone were to do anything, that's what I would tell you to do. Awesome. Because it was certainly life-changing for me. Mm. We'll have to make sure to post that link specifically in the show notes. Yeah. Well, so give people the website and other places where they can find you and connect with you. So on Instagram, I am at the Prez, TLC underscore, I think, something like that. Something I don't like even that. Know. And it's Prez with a Z, yeah. P-R-E-Z. Yeah, P-R-E-Z. And that's the name that all of our, because we do retreats when we would go on retreat, that's the nickname I was given, mm. the president <laughs> of the Light Collective. <laughs> And then it's www.thelightcollective.yoga for the website. And we're at The Light Collective. I think it's at underscore The Light Collective underscore. So uh, you can find us on Instagram and we're also on Facebook. We don't do a lot of stuff on Facebook anymore, but we are doing a little vitality challenge coming up towards the end of the year. So it's really about doing a daily practice and getting your energy levels up. Mm. which will be a bit of fun, Smart. which we'll be doing on Instagram. So I, we kind of feel like people are needing that moving forward. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a challenge for us being in the feminine is pretty mm-hmm. pretty different to, you know, push-ups or burpees. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Again, it's an a lot of lying around, feeling into the chakras. <laughs> Beautiful. That's my kind of challenge. <laughs> Yeah, that's our kind of challenge. Yeah. Well, Natalie, just thank you again so, so, so much. I'm so excited for listeners to have this and for you to be received. Listen to my feminine language, to have you be received by the conversations with a wounded healer crew. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, thank you. Thank you. And I'll be interested to listen back very slowly try trading myself. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I hope, I mean, I I found the first time I heard myself on a podcast, because I wasn't seeing myself, I was able to really receive and listen. And I was like, Mm. that bitch is really smart. Oh my God, that's kind of (laughs) impressive. And I I was impressed with myself. And I, I don't think that's egotistical to stay. I think I was allowing myself to see myself unfiltered the yes. first time really in many ways. So I hear this very <laughs> deep love that you have for yourself. And I hope that that's what shows up when you listen to this. Oh, thank you. I definitely had a vulnerability hangover when I came off the call because I couldn't yeah. remember anything I'd said. Yeah. And then I was saying to my friends, oh my God, I wanted, I wasn't going to tell her to just get rid of it and we'll start oh. again. 
And they were like, no, if you can't Mm-mm. remember it, it means there was a stream of consciousness. Mm-hmm. It's all meant to be. Mm-hmm. So let's see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank mm. you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much to Natalie for joining me not only once, but twice and sharing this really intimate, deep and beautiful story of transformation. And thanks as always to Andrea Clunder and the Creative Imposter Studios for editing, to Liam O'Donnell for the album art and to Ben Mueller for our theme music. Until next time, please take care of yourselves and each other. Bye-bye.